but tonight I'm not going to be deep. I'm going to be plain and simple because that's what this is all about. The word I want to talk about tonight is deceit. Everybody say deceit. I want you to beware and be careful in 2022 of deceit. It is one of the greatest weapons that the devil uses. It is one of the, one of the greatest weapons in his arsenal. He is a liar, we know that. He is a, he is a, uh, a destroyer of the mind, a destroyer of the home. A destroy- he will do anything in the world to get his way with the people of God. But he is above anything else, in my opinion. He's a liar, and the Bible says that he is, and a liar is a deceiver. As a matter of fact, the Scripture calls him a deceiver. I want to talk about several areas of, uh, that the Lord warned us about in the Scripture about deceit, how we can be deceived. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're new in the church or you've lived for God 50 years. The devil will try to deceive you. You believe that? And he's a master at what he does. This is why I believe that we have to have the Word of God embedded in our soul, in our mind, in our heart, so that here's what David said. This is a a very simple scripture that you know. But David said, Thy word, O Lord, have I hid in my heart. Somebody finish that. That I might not sin against thee. So in order to not be deceived and find ourselves in a sinful state, we have to be in the Word, and the Word has to be in us. Matter of fact, here's what Jesus said. And I thought about this scripture after I left Sunday. I was reading Monday morning, and I thought about it. I said, man, I should have used that scripture yesterday preaching. Here's what Jesus said. If you abide in me, and my word abide in you. You can ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Oneness, what I talked about on Sunday, coming together with the word of God. When you become a part of the word, the word becomes a part of you. When you're in that, and that's in you, then you have victory in your life, and you can, you can make some requests to God that he will give unto you. I want to start tonight in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 said this, beware, everybody say beware. You know what that means? Be cautious. Be careful. Watch out. If you see a song, a a sign, excuse me, when you start in in a yard and it said, beware, bad dog, what are you going to do? Somebody said run. Who said that? That's my philosophy, Dennis. You got it right. Beware. You know what that means? Be careful when you come in here. There's a bad dog in here. So here's what Paul said. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Now, I want to read that to you in the, in the New International Version because it will put a little better explanation as to what Paul was saying here. Here's what he said. 
This is in the New International Version, and I believe they've got it. Look at, look at you go. Thank you, Tommy. You on the ball. I'm going to keep you on the staff. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. In other words, you got to take you got to take great care that you are not caught and captive cap took taken into captivity by the deceptive philosophies of the world. I got to think about this today. The deceptive philosophies of the world, my goodness alive. Could we cover some ground here with all the I mean there's all kind of religions, there's all kind of there's all kind of thoughts, there's all kind of clubs, there's all kind of societies, there's all kind of places that you could find about any philosophy that you want to find. But many of them are deceptive philosophies. Huh? Many of them are very deceptive. And, and it's, Paul said, it's, they depend on human tradition and basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Let me tell you something. When you start living for God, you will not live like the world. Isn't that deep? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He said, behold. Now, this is for those of you who had not been around a long time. This is what I believe. Paul said, behold. Somebody tell me what that word means. Look and see. You can look and see. He said, if any man be in Christ, you want to check me out, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and, and check me out. He said, there it is right there. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He said, old things are passed away. Behold. In other words, you can look and see that all things are become new. When you come to God, you will not live after the philosophy of the world. You will not live after the ways of the world. You will not live after the traditions of the world. When you put on Christ, you put on a brand new man. And when you put upon a, a, a brand new man, the Bible said, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And I will be your God, and you will be my sons and daughters. Does anybody believe the word of the Lord tonight? So when we come out of the world, we are leaving the deceptive philosophies of our world. And we're not depending upon human tradition. How many people in this world do you know of tonight that are bound by human tradition? They are what they are because somebody handed that down to them. Many people don't even know what they believe because somebody just handed them something and they said, well, mama was this or daddy was this or cousin Sue was this and, and, and cousin Joe was this, so this is what I'm going to be. No, 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 no. You cannot take the deceptive philosophies of other people. You have to go to the Word of God and find out what the Lord wants you to do and how to live. Now, that's not deep, but that's truth. Amen. So don't let anyone take you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. 
I've heard all kind of philosophies in my, in my lifetime. And you know, here, here's the problem. Religion can't be, can't be uh, based. Salvation can't be based upon human philosophy. Amen. There's a reason Paul said, beware because they'll spoil you through their philosophy and vain deceit. It's very deceitful. Look, I know people that looked apart. I was studying today and something came across my mind. Never judge the spirituality of people by how they lift their hands, how they say hallelujah. How, come on now. You can't tell how spiritual a person is by how they clap in a church service. Oh, I'm preaching good right now because I've seen some that could jump higher than anybody, but when they hit the, the floor, they weren't walking real straight with the Lord. So you can't judge people by that. You, you know them by their, huh? You got to become a fruit inspector. Amen. You know them by their fruit. So, so you can't be deceived by what somebody always says, by what somebody, by some, what somebody just tells you. Amen. I preach a little bit right here because there's a lot of folks that will say whatever they need to say to get you convinced of whatever they want to convince you of. But that doesn't mean it's truth. I'm telling you on this Wednesday night, and you hear me and hear me well, if you're watching through, through the Internet, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Don't take any man's word for it. You take the Word of God and match up what that person says with the Word of God, and if it matches, that person's true blue. If it don't match, you better turn your coattail and run the other way because you can be deceived. I said you can be deceived. Everything that looks like a Christian is not a Christian. Everything that looks like a preacher is not a preacher. Everything that looks like a saint is not a saint. Y'all quiet on me now. You'll make me preach longer and harder. Amen. But don't let anybody take you captive through deceptive philosophy and human tradition and basic principles of this world. This world don't have the principles that the church has. This world has a different set of values that the church has. Amen? You see, when, when people fall in love with Jesus and they become a child of God, all of a sudden the old philosophy has to go. You understand what I'm saying? The old, the old activity has to go. I tell people this all the time. I watch them try to come out of, of lifestyles that have been detrimental and maybe cause them great grief and great sorrow and great heartache. When, when you come out of that lifestyle, let me tell you, you can't go the same places you've been going. You can't, you can't hang around the same places you've been hanging around, James. If you're hanging around the same people, if you're doing the same old things, you're going to be doing the same old things you've been doing. That's not real deep, but that's truth. So you have to watch out for philosophy and vain deceit. Here's what Paul said to Timothy, the young preacher. 
He said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13, he said, but evil, talk, he was talking about the last days, what were going to come in the last days. He said, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. And look at the word that he uses, deceiving and being deceived. In other words, let me tell you what the devil's motive is. Could I do that? He, he, he wants to camouflage truth with some ideology and some worldly thing that will draw you in and make you say, oh, well, that looks good. That looks good. That, that feels good. I, uh, somebody said, well, I, I went to a certain place and, and I felt the Lord. Well, let me tell you something. You can feel the Lord in the mall. But don't get mad at me tonight. You want me to tell you the truth or you want me to just give you another philosophy? You can feel the Lord in this church. You can feel the Lord in your automobile going home tonight. You can feel the Lord while you're washing the dishes at the kitchen sink. You can feel the Lord whenever you meet the conditions of the Lord and come in communion with him no matter where you are. So, and I know this is not, this is not ideally what people want to hear, but but feeling is, we don't walk by feeling. We don't live for God by feeling. The Bible didn't say walk by faith or walk by feeling. It said we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what we see, it's what we know. It's not what we feel, it's what we know. Because there come a time in your life when you don't feel God like you used to feel God. There will come a time when you'll go through a cold time in your life and your prayers seem, come on now, they seem like they're hitting the ceiling right above you and, and coming back down. So I've, I've been there. I don't. You may not have ever been there, but I've been there. And I'm thinking, God, where are you? Why am I not feeling like I felt two weeks ago. Why can't I feel it like I did Sunday morning in church? But let me tell you, I'm not walking by feeling. I'm walking by faith. Hallelujah. And the Bible said we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. By what we know. Everybody say it's what we know. If you know the truth, you walk because it's right. You don't walk because it feels good. You walk because what is right. So, Here's, here's what Paul said. He said, there's going to be evil men, and they're going to try to seduce you. And, and they're waxing worse and worse, and they're deceiving. And not only are they deceiving, they're being deceived. There's some people that preach such a philosophy so long that they begin to believe it. And here's what bothers me in 2022. I, I'm, I'm going to say this because I, this, this is just the way I feel. If you don't feel this way, Okay, I understand. But this is what bothers me, that people get caught up. You know, for many years, there have been people that come through that could draw a crowd. There, there have been television preachers that, that have enormous uh, uh, viewers, uh, viewership, and, and, you know, people want to hear them. And, and because they're great, they're great speakers, I, I, one comes to my mind, I don't call names in this pulpit, but, but 
thousands and thousands and thousands of people that follow him. And, and you know what? He won't preach you a message on hell. He will never talk about the destruction of sin. You will never hear him talk about the ways that I'm talking about tonight. You will hear him talk good things and wonderful things and everything's lovely and everybody's saved and everybody's doing great and the bottom line is is we're here because we want to miss hell and go to heaven there really is a hell by the way amen but he would tell you and he said it in interviews before well I don't preach on that well, why don't you preach on that? Because that's in the Word of God. This can't be a quick fix always. It can't be a time every time you come in the house of God that a preacher picks you up and sets you on top of the mountain. You know what the Bible said? This Word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And furthermore, it will cut you. It will cut you to the bone and to the marrow. And it won't always feel good. Anybody ever been cut? You ever been cut? You ever, you ever had an accident with a knife? Let me tell you a gory story. Jesse Masters will remember this. We was working in, in, in Sister Christine in your yard on South 8th Street, and I had a Falcon. And back in those days, I had an old 60 model, model Falcon. I was about 15 years old. And back in those days, we liked to put we liked to put extenders on those springs because I don't know. I guess we thought always going downhill was good. Now, I saw one. I saw one come by me on Well Road. I told my wife, this is just yesterday. I said, look at that. And the truck was squatted on the back. And how in the name of God he saw the road, I don't know. It was almost just like this. Well, in my day, it was like this. At least we could see where we was going. And so we was in Sister Christine's yard, and me and Jesse and some of the guys and and uh, I don't. I think you were there, Jesse. But I remember we 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 said we got to take that rubber grommet out of those springs, and 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 so we 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 tried to get that thing out and get it all trimmed up. And I had it in my hand. Well, I got a I got a razor knife, and I was cutting on that thing, and it slipped right here. It went it went all the way to the bone, and when I grabbed it, it looked like fish eggs coming out. Doesn't that make you make you hungry, won't it? And I grabbed that thing, and I said, oh! And they took me to Dr. Marks, and, and I got all sewed up, and I was ready to go again. But let me tell you, when you cut to the bone and to the marrow, it hurts. There's pain. You can't always feel good when your preachers preach it. Sometimes you got to be moved. Sometimes you got to feel like crying. Sometimes you got to walk out of here saying, oh, Jesus. Now, now the ultimate is you're going to feel good, but you're not always supposed to feel good when the Word of God goes forth. Anybody believe me? How many of you felt like crawling under the pew sometime? Feel like, man, I need, you know, if I could just get out of here. Preacher, if you just let, I heard a lady, she came to church one time, and when I got through preaching, she told somebody, she said, that was just brutal. And I thought, well, I didn't mean to be brutal, but I guess the reason it was brutal because, hey, if the shoe fits, wear it. That's what the Word of God is all about. But we have people that come and they're, they're, they're waxing worse and worse in the year we live in and the day we're living in, and they're, they're deceiving many 
thousands of people, millions of people. Here's what Jeremiah said. The word of the Lord through Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 14, Brother Tommy. Then the Lord said unto me, Jeremiah speaking, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. This is what God's saying. He said, I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake, spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination and a thing of naught and the deceit of their heart. They're telling you something that's not going to happen. And we got all kind of prophets. Brother Creekmore, who is my very best friend in the ministry for many, many years, we laugh all the time. He'll call me and he'll send me a, a clip of somebody prophesying. I mean, one lady, she's, she, she's prophesying, and I'm telling you, she's got pink hair one day and green hair the next day. And, and, and she's, 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 you know, and she, she talks to you and tells you that, you know, God says this. And listen, she'll be talking to you say, hold on just a minute. He's talking right now. And I'm sorry, I'm not into all that. If you want to go that route, you go that route. But Paul said, or, or Jeremiah said, the Lord said they're, they're prophesying things that are not true. And I'll tell you what the Bible said. If they declare they're a prophet, listen to me. If they declare they're a prophet, leave them alone because the day will declare it. In other words, you'll find out if the prophecy comes true. And if the prophecy comes true, then you might want to listen. But if it don't come true, they're a false prophet. Amen? I, I don't know any any real sweet way to say that. That's just the facts. So the Lord said, be careful because in the last days there's going to be evil people that are going to try to seduce you and they're going to try to deceive you and try to make you think. One of the, one of the things that, that the devil uses is um, imitations, imitations. You know what an imitation is? Is anybody, I'm dating myself now, does anybody remember how, back years ago when Coke decided they were going to come out with a new product. Do you remember that? Does anybody remember that? Do you know how mad America got? Because it wasn't the real thing. They just came out with new stuff and, and tried to convince everybody it was a real thing. There are imitation diamonds. If you've never done this, this is something you ought to try sometime. I went to New York City. I went down to Chinatown. They have imitation Rolexes that look real. They look real. And, and you can buy those things cheap, but they're not real. And when you get home, the gold's going to wear off of them. And the ticker ain't going to tick too long. I got a drawer full of them right now. I used to wear a Rolex all the time. People say, whoa, where'd you get that Rolex? Oh, I bought it in New York. I didn't tell them it cost 30 bucks. But imitation. You know what the devil does? He takes healing and miracles and signs and wonders. Don't you? Don't tell me the devil can't imitate. I'll take you back to the Old Testament and show you where Moses came before Pharaoh and he threw his rod down and it became a snake and Pharaoh said, that's nothing. And he called all his magicians in and they threw their rod down and it became a snake. Huh? Did that happen? 
I can show you more times than one that the devil's imitated. But the good part about that, let me finish that story so you won't think that the devil knew what God did. Moses' snake swallowed up the serpent snake, the serpents of the, of the magicians. Okay? But the devil can imitate. He can imitate. Matter of a fact, here's what Jesus said. In the last days, don't be deceived because they're going to say, He's over here. He said, don't go over there. That's not Christ over there. He said, they're, they're over here. He said, don't go. He said, that's not. And a matter of fact, there are going to be some in the last days that can call fire out of heaven. Has anybody ever read that scripture? You, they can call fire out of heaven, but they're not of God. So what do we do? We ground ourselves in truth, and we try to guard against the things that are deceiving, and we, we, we watch out. For our mind, and we we guard against false prophets and people. Here's something else the Bible said: guard your heart. Somebody say, guard your heart. This is Bible study. I'm trying to help you tonight. Mark chapter seven, verse twenty. He said, "That which cometh out of a man defileth him. For from within, everybody say, far from within." I want you to help me tonight. Say, far from within. That means inside of you. From inside of you. Out of the heart of men, the Bible said, proceed evil thoughts and adulteries and fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness. Watch what this is. Deceit. From within. Deceit. Lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. And, and Mark said, all of these evil things come from within and defile the man. The things that are inside of a man and one of them that can come out of you is called I could, I could preach on every one of these right now. I could tell you all about people having evil thoughts and adulteries and fornications and murders and thefts. But let me just zero in on deceit because the Lord said out of a man, out of the inside of a man can come deceit. Let me tell you where it comes in at. It comes through your mind and goes to your heart. But when it comes out, it is deceiving not only to you but to those around you. Hallelujah. So you got to guard your heart. Deceit. Don't let it come out. Don't let, don't, don't deceive. In other words, don't deceive your own self. Has, do, do you believe that you can tell yourself something until you make yourself believe it? Does anybody believe that? You can literally, you can. You can convince yourself of anything and make yourself believe it after a while. You can tell a lie so long that it just sounds like the truth to you. Oh, yeah. I'm getting a few amens, not many, but I'm still in the hunt. Here's what, here's what Proverbs, the wise men said. 14, Proverbs 14, verse 8. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. But the folly of fools is deceit. You see, here, here's, the, here's the whole crux of the matter. If you want to follow God and you want to live for God, he will guard you against deceit in your life. 
The Bible said about the Holy Ghost, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will lead you and guide you. So when you get up every day and you're, you go to the word of the Lord and you start to pray and you ask God for direction, I personally believe that day can be productive and will be productive in your life. But if you just follow after the flesh and follow after the things that look good and follow after the things that sound good, you're going to run into a dead-end street. And it's not going to be, I want you to know this, the end result of your deceit is not what you think it's going to be. The end result, it may feel good right now, but the end result of deceit is detrimental to your soul. Could I have an amen? I'm going to prove that to you. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17, watch this. Bread of deceit is sweet to a man. Feels good, sounds good, looks good, tastes good, smells good. But afterwards, afterwards, somebody here say afterwards, his mouth shall be filled with gravel after. The bread of deceit. Now this nails down what I'm talking about tonight. The wise man said the bread of deceit. When you eat that, it's sweet. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It, I mean, you know, there's some things in life you can do that feel pretty good. Why lie? Sin can be fun. Sin can feel good. I might need to stay right there. Y'all got real quiet on me. Sin can feel good. Sin usually does feel good because it appeals to your flesh. But when a man gets through afterwards, his mouth is full of gravel. Don't taste as good as it did when I first tasted. You know, come on now. You want me to get real with you? I'll get real with you. I've been here long enough that I can do that. So let me get real with you. When you start to have an affair with somebody, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it seems like fun. It seems like this is right, you know, good. Well, me and her just match up. You need to go match up with your wife. Well, we just are able to talk. You need to go talk with the right person. It feels good. Oh, you can go have an affair and it feels good. But let me tell you something. You're going to have gravel in your mouth before it's over with. Hmm? I don't know why I went there, but I did. What the Bible said? Well, you go into a harlot, it's like falling in a deep ditch. That's what the Bible said. Be careful because it may feel good. And what is said may feel good. And what is done may feel good. But afterwards, your mouth will be full of gravel. It's not going to turn out the way you think it's going to be. Here's what happened in Romans chapter 1. Watch this. The Bible said in the 28th verse, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, 
malignity, and whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, and implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, if you go study Romans chapter 1, what God said was because of some of these things that happened. If, if you go really study that, you'll, you'll, you'll study what God thinks of homosexuality. You'll study what God said because what God said, he got sick of them and he turned them over. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to you, by the way. If this ever happens to you, you're in trouble with God. But the Bible said God literally turned them over to themselves. Oh, so you think you can handle it here? You got it. That's what the Bible said. You go study Romans chapter 1 when God talks about homosexuality and he said he turned them because they worshiped the creature more than the creator. The Bible talks about him turning them over to themselves in Romans chapter 1. So here's what's happened to these people. Because of all the things that I've just read, they didn't want to retain the knowledge of God. They, they, because they didn't want truth, God turned them over to a reprobate mind and to do the things which are not convenient. And the Bible said in verse 32, who knowing they knew the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only did they do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be deceived. The end is not yet. You can't look at somebody and say, oh, they're having a great time and they're not having to live this way. Well, look what they're, look how much money they're making. Let me tell you something. It's, mm -mm. let's just go there. There's deceit in riches. There's deceit in money. Watch what I'm telling you. We tend to believe that if, if everything's okay, if we have materialism, we got some things to show. Well, let's do it good. Well, let me just tell you what Matthew 13, 22 said. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and, and they become unfruitful. Why in the world do you think Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to be saved? Let me tell you what I'd rather be. I'd rather be poor as Job's turkey and be saved than to have a billion dollars tonight and not know Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he said it's better that you cut your hand off or you pluck your eye out. You go to heaven, halt or maim or blind. It's better for you that you do that than to have everything you could possibly want and try to make it into the kingdom of God and be deceived by the deceitfulness of riches. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be deceived. Just because somebody's got a little money, just because somebody's got a little land, just because it looks like they've been blessed, don't be deceived. The deceitfulness of riches has choked the word out of many a person. Now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching against money. We all got to have it. And I like it. And you like it. And if you say you don't, you're a liar. We could all use a little more. 
Light bill's going up. Water bill's going up. We'd like to take a vacation. We'd like to buy a new house, buy a new car. It takes money. My dad used to say it takes money to make the marriage right. Can't do it without money, but you can't fall in love with money because the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money, when that becomes your God, when you've got to have that above everything else. When you, let me tell you something. I don't know who the guy is. I looked at him. He looked like he, 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 looked like he was pretty poor to me, but they showed his picture today on television. He woke up this morning a billionaire. or yesterday morning, a billionaire. And he didn't look like he had enough money to, to, to buy anything, but he do now. He don't even know what he's got. I know a lady here in local that won a million dollars on the lottery. This is a true story. Somebody asked her the next day. She'd been walking to work every day because her car broke down. What are you going to do? She said, I'm going to get my car fixed. Junk that baby and go buy you a Ferrari. You don't even know what he's got. But it's better to have nothing than to have everything in materialism and have the word of God choked out of your life. Don't let that happen to you. You can get you can have materialism, but if you go read that 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 chapter, Matthew 13, where the Lord talks about the four kind of seed. He said, he that received the seed among the thorns is he that hears the word, came to church, heard the preaching in the case of this world. And, and all of a sudden, the deceitfulness of riches choked out the word of God, and he became unfaithful to God. Let me tell you something. We need the word of God. Money is okay. Riches are okay. Materialism's okay as long as it don't come between you and God. And God will give you all he can trust you with. Look at me. God will give you all he can trust you with. Somebody said, well, I, I heard, matter of fact, I heard somebody say, well, if, 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 I, if I won $10 million, I'd do this, that, and the other for the church. Quit lying. You can't pay $10 on 100 He's not going to give you a million. You can't handle a hundred. We're going to hurry up and get out of here, don't we? Let me go a little further. Furthermore, you can be hardened by deceit. Hardened. How many that you know of that are hardened by deceit get back to truth? Think about this. People that leave. And somebody tell me not long ago, well, I can go over here and I got the Holy Ghost and I've got, but you know what? Well, they don't, no, they don't believe like I believe. But you know what? God knows what I believe. That's not what the Bible said. That's not what the scriptures teach. These are people that are being deceived. Here's what Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 said But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Lest you be hardened. You can get a hard heart over deceitfulness. You, you can get so hard. Look, I don't care what people are doing. I don't care. Look, some of you may live long, have lived long enough to remember this. But way back, way back, they, they had this, this latter rain movement. And there were, 
supposedly preachers that were coming by and all dripping out of their fingers and all this stuff. Folks, let me tell you, I don't care. I don't care if you got all dripping out of every finger. I don't care if somebody told me the other day about, well, they do this and they I don't, that. That's not where it's at. Do you believe the word of God? Are you in the word of God? If you are in the word of God, I will believe you. But if you're not in the word of God, you are deceitful and you are deceiving many and people's hearts are going to be hard and people are going to be lost because of your deceit. So when you hear the word of the Lord... Here's what the Bible said, James chapter 1 verse 22 said, and I'm hurrying to a close, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Doing what? What does that say? It's on the screen. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Woo, that was a good preacher. I mean, that was a good sermon preacher. Really? Show me. I don't want to hear that. I want to see that. Man, our preacher preached Sunday. Really? What did he preach? Oh, he preached on prayer. Well, pray. He preached on fasting. Well, fast. He preached on soul winning. Win souls. You can't be just a hearer only. You got to do something with the word of the Lord. I'm not getting many amens, but it's truth anyway. Be, be not just doers of the word or be ye doers of the word, not just hearers only because you're deceiving yourself. Here's what the New International Version said. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's pretty plain simple, isn't it? So no wonder Paul said, see to it that nobody take you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition. Could, could I just be honest with you today? Tradition is not a reason to go to church. Tradition is not a reason for you to be what you are. Amen. Be, because tradition alone now, we have some good traditions, but I'm not, I'm not throwing all the traditions out. Matter of fact, <laughs> I really wish we had stayed with more traditions in some areas of our lives. Hello? See, see when I was growing up, you, you I mean, good Lord, uh, chewing gum and throwing spitballs in class is about the worst thing that happened in our school. Every once in a while, somebody would slip off behind the building, smoke a little bit, and boy, they'd get suspended and thrown out if somebody found it out. Back in my day, if a girl got pregnant when she was in school, it was a disgrace. They didn't make her a hero. I'm not talking about church. I'm just talking about traditions. That wasn't that wasn't a Pentecostal thing. That was just the world. The world had some good traditions back then. People were honest. I can remember sleeping with the window up. You don't dare sleep with the window up now. Huh? 
I remember when I'd run to the store and leave my car running. Seriously. Leave the doors wide open. You do that now, you may not have a car or anything when you get back. There's a few traditions that we've lost. A few things that along the way I wish we had back. But let me tell you, when it comes to salvation and our soul and our experience with God, you, you can't live on yesterday's blessing. And you can't always live with tradition. We, we are traditional in a lot of ways. But, but, but you can't just take tradition. Because with tradition comes hollow and deceptive philosophy sometimes. Because some folks took tradition and made it God's. And this is how I know this. Because Jesus looked at his disciples one day and he said, here's the problem. You are teaching for doctrine the traditions of men. And it's not doctrine. It was just tradition. Some things are good. Some things probably needed to be done away with along the way. Y'all hear that mouse just run across the ceiling tile? I said that one night and somebody really thought I was serious. They said, I'm not coming back to church if you got mouse there. So, so I, I close with this. I close with this. Don't let anything spoil. Let, matter of fact, I'm going to read the Living Bible. I didn't read that. I read the New International Version and the King James Version. I'm going to read the Living Bible of Colossians 2 and 8 in closing. And here's what it says. Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their own philosophies. Their wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of on what Christ has said. How do I know what Christ has said? Right here. This is what Christ said. Amen? In the beginning was the Word, John 1 and 1, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here is the Word. The written Word lines up with the living Word, and we take everything this Word said to be the truth. The Bible's not partly right. The Bible is right. If the Bible is partly right, then we can't believe any of it. But if it's all good and it's all right, we better believe everything from the front cover to the back. I'm like the old boy that said, I even believe the concordance. Shall we stand? Beware lest you be deceived. Just check it out. Just check it out. You don't have to have me there. You don't have to call me. Say, hey, pastor, is this right? Just check it out. It's in the Word. Just check it out. If it don't line up, if it don't smell good and don't feel good and don't, you know, you you got doubts about it. I've had people say, well, how, how do you feel about this? Why are you asking me? You got a doubt about it or you wouldn't be asking me. If you got a doubt about something, just don't do it. Isn't that good stuff? That's just good old simple preaching. Why are you asking me? I had a lady ask me one time, what do you think about it? I said, well, why are you asking me? Well, I just want to be sure. No, you had a doubt or you wouldn't ask me. So if you got a doubt, leave it alone. Everybody say with me right now, if it's a doubt, leave it alone. Unless you know what the thing is that, that and, and you know it lines up here, just leave it alone, whatever it may be. And I don't have anything in mind. I'm just teaching, okay? I love you.